T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening here on X. Going through the news of the day, and uh, and we've got a lot more of that, but Tom has been holding for a very long time. And, uh, Tom, I want to welcome you to X. Thank you so much. My comment ties into what you were just saying about how that school teacher got fired for kind of stating what seemed to be the obvious to most people. Uh, you know, I don't watch the news anymore, but it caught my eye over the weekend that uh, they were going to give free bikes away if you were 6 to 14 over in East St. Louis. And it's like the insanity of giving backpacks away at the beginning of school year. And what I mean by that is this. Why don't they say, come on by, and we're going to clean the park up. And at the end of the day, for helping clean up the park, we're going to give you a bicycle. And come on by and we're going to clean the school up. We're going to do some stuff around school. And at the end of the day, we're going to give you a free backpack. Mm-hmm. Why are you instilling free stuff at such an early age and then it's expected the rest of their lives? Yeah, your, your point is, is there should be an expectation that if you're going to get something, then you need to give something in order to get something. Well, and you know what? You're, I'm not making this up. On the same newscast, there was four shootings downtown. Uh, teenagers at three o'clock in the morning there was another one it was like uh, two or three o'clock and it was over in grand and i'm thinking wait a, another teenager and i'm thinking wait a second when i was a teenager what i would never have been out at three o'clock in the morning mm. it's just insanity what is going on it's crazy so i i try not to watch the news i do listen to shows like yours and and stuff like that. But I, to watch the news on a daily basis, it just causes so much stress because it's just crazy. <laughs> it does cause stress. So, Tom, my job this evening, in fact, my goal uh, and, and my driving influence this evening is to give you a stress-free and hopefully somewhat entertaining evening. How's that for a promise? Well, at least you heard it all the way through, because like I said, if you said to somebody else, why are you giving away stuff, they want to shut you off right there. Well, you wouldn't want to help kids. No, you're not helping them. You're helping them by teaching them, let's do some chores, and then we're going to give it to you. Good point, Tom. Hey, thanks for calling in this evening. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good evening. You know, it's really funny, Tom mentioned, and if I tell you the story, I'm sure I've told this before here on Camo X. I know producer Mike's going to go, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. But... uh, it does remind me when you talked about staying out late. Uh, I, I typically, when I was a teenager, didn't stay out all that late. But there was one occasion where uh, I was coming in really late. I mean, it was it was probably close to three in the morning, 
and I'm coming in, and in my house, if you go up the stairs at my house as a kid, they were really creaky. And so when they went over my parents' bedroom, and so I would used to try to go up the steps and to not creak the stairs, and I would listen to the snoring. And I thought as long as there's snoring going on, I tried to coordinate each step that I took on the creaky stairs with the with the uh, with the snoring instead of with the breathing in between the snoring to try to not to wake up my parents. It never worked. So I devised this great scheme, and the scheme was this: that when the uh, uh, I would go up, climb up the TV antenna, get on the roof of my parents' house. And I would leave my upstairs window open so I could come in through the window. So I did that once at about 3 a.m. And I thought, Brad, you are a genius. Brad, you are you may be 17, but Albert Einstein is a moron compared to you. You're a genius. You tricked your parents. They are complete and total idiots. And while I'm bragging and patting myself on the back for coming in at 3 a.m. and not getting caught, the light goes on on the stairwell. My mom bangs on the wall and says, Brad, what in the blankety blank are you doing coming in at 3 a.m.? So that was my, my, that was my short-lived exuberance about how smart I was. It only lasted about uh, 15 seconds before I got busted. So, yeah, if you're out at 3 a.m., you're not exactly out doing charity work. Hey, John, welcome to KMOX. Glad you could uh, join us this evening. What's on your mind? Yeah, you were speaking about the swift justice in France. Yeah, 48 uh, hours. Figure, go figure well, that. Well, I read similar similar uh, goings-on in Great Britain. I think if you're convicted, you got like one or two days to appeal, and after that, you know, you either are innocent or you're going to jail. Why? Why? That's, that's, to me, it's just amazing. I'm not complaining. I, I think that's the way that it should be. But that certainly is not the way it is in the United States. There is no such thing as quick justice in the U.S. And why do you think that is? What's the difference? In other words, why can Europe get away with that, but we can't, we can't have any sort of quick justice that goes on in the United States? Why is that? Well, well I, I, I would maybe think that our Constitution is different from their Magna Carta, I suppose. Well, and we do have constitutional protections, and as an attorney, certainly I'm, I'm a strong advocate of those. But when I look at someone who's been uh, going through the process of going to trial, and it takes years and years, and then when they do get convicted, they can file an appeal for years and years. I always wonder at what point is, is that truly justice, or is that really a harm to our society if there's no connection between the punishment for the crime and the commission of the crime because of the length of time between the two. I always wonder if that's really justice or not. Is that something you've ever thought about? Well, I suppose, but I think in this instance, we'll just, we'll just bring the weight down on your shoulders over it. <laughs> okay, t- hey, John, I appreciate you calling in this evening. We're coming up here on a break, but uh, appreciate your call. Thank you. Hey, after this break, I I teased it before, but we're going to talk to Doug Blair from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, We're going to talk about that gym teacher who was suspended. And we had some legal action this week that that Doug Blair is going to bring us up to date on. But he was suspended because he didn't want, as a gym teacher, he expressed his opinion that he shouldn't have to uh, call students by uh, their own desired pronoun because he felt he would be lying to them, and that violated his religious beliefs against lying. 
But we had some court action this week where the court took what I think to be an extremely positive move. So we're going to talk to Doug Blair after this on X at your service. Stick around. Next Level Listening. News Radio 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX, the voice of St. Louis. Welcome back to KMOX. As you heard me talking a few moments ago, this gym teacher in Virginia, he was suspended from work as his gym teacher because he, he basically expressed his opinion at a school board meeting that students should be called by their real pronouns instead of their their preferred pronouns. And unfortunately, he got suspended. Now, that happened a few weeks ago. But what happened in the news just this very week is that the Virginia courts took action on this. And to break it all down for us, we have Doug Blair with the Heritage Foundation and a frequent writer for the DailySignal.com. Hey, Doug, thanks for joining us this evening on Camo X. Thanks so much, Brad. Happy to be here. Great to talk to you. And it's, by the way, you know, I, the, the Daily Signal is something that I hit every single day. I don't ever miss because it's a fantastic resource for news. So well, uh, Thank you so much. Very much appreciate it. It's great. So before we get into the actual court action this week, I want to kind of set the table for this particular issue. The gym teacher in Virginia, his name is Tanner Cross. He appeared at a school board meeting on his own time and uh, and what is it that he said to the school board that triggered this entire controversy? Yeah, so Tanner is a PE teacher at a local school in Loudoun County, Virginia, which is relatively well known for having these sorts of incidents with uh, free speech. They're big fans of critical race theory, big fans of identity politics, the transgenderism thing. So this was not entirely unexpected. Uh, but what ends up happening is he goes to this open forum to discuss a new proposed policy in the school district, which would require teachers and faculty to, re- to refer to students by their preferred pronouns. So, for example, if a boy says, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, the teacher and the faculty have no choice. They need to refer to this person as a girl. So he goes up and basically says, um, my religion, I'm a Christian, my religion tells me that I can't lie to my students. I can't acknowledge them as something that they're not. God has made them a boy. God has made them a girl. I need to refer to them as such. Two days later, he gets called into uh, the office of his principal, gets told that his services, you know, will no longer be required, and he's put on suspension. Um, That clearly doesn't go very well. He sues with the ADF, which is a uh, Christian legal advocacy group, And as you mentioned, uh, we did get some good news recently where his suspension, uh, there was an injunction put into it. So he is actually able to go back and teach at the school. And and that's great. And I want to get to that outcome in just a moment. But uh, so so this gym teacher, Tanner Cross, he, he wasn't in the midst of hounding some student about whether it's a he or a she. He he just appeared at a school board meeting, expressed his opinion and then was suspended. Yes. So, and I think that's the really scary part here is that this wasn't an incident where he was at the school and he explicitly called a student by uh, the the pronouns that they didn't wish to be called by. That's something that's happened before, and those those result in free uh, First Amendment fights as well. But this was an open forum. This was the school board basically said, "Come express your views." And as one of the the uh, parents at the school district basically implied it's like, well, they didn't really want to hear opposing opinions. The school board very much wanted people to come and say, yeah, this is great. We affirm your 
your decision to force the faculty to go against their their views and their philosophy to, to kowtow to this this transgender line. Amazing. We're talking to Doug Blair. He's with the Heritage Foundation, a frequent writer at the DailySignal.com. And I read the court decision this week, and I'm going to break some of that down in just a moment. But but the court decision actually contained the policy at at issue here, Doug. And what I find interesting, I'm not going to read the entire policy. That wouldn't be interesting. But what I found fascinating was just the first sentence that says school staff shall allow gender expansive or transgender students to use their 18 chosen gender pronouns that reflect their gender identity without any substantiating evidence. So the policy itself recognized 18 chosen gender pronouns. Um, to me, that's yeah, astounding. I, I, I mean, I could maybe come up with five or six of the so-called gender identification words today, but I, I, I couldn't come up with 18, you know, if you put me in a room full of Mensa candidates uh, and, and give us a bottle of liquor between us. I mean, I could never come up with 18. It's I mean, this is the thing that's the thing that's so crazy about this new this brave new world that we're in here is that 18 is actually one of the smallest numbers I've heard. I've talked to people that say there are thousands of genders out there <laughs> that you can basically make up a color and it's a gender now. And it's like this oh, is yes. not it's not normal. We need to, you know, push back against this kind of rhetoric, especially when it comes to our children and especially when it's not even the sense of you can't debate it. It's you do this or you lose your job. Right. And and I and I also found it interesting that that uh, apparently if you say there's only two genders, you're somehow uh, a, a bigot and a hate monger. But but the school district limited it to 18. So if you identified as the 22nd gender in that a list of 18, apparently they wouldn't recognize that. And I don't see how that's any different, but that, that's beside the point. Anyway, what I want to get back to is the legal aspect of this. We're talking to Doug Blair with the Heritage Foundation, and, and I find it legally very significant that the district did not suspend this gym teacher, Tana Cross, because he violated the policy, but they suspended him because he voiced his opinion about the policy. Absolutely. Yes. So again, we've heard circumstances. There was a a report in the Daily Signal about a French teacher uh, at a school who used the pronoun explicitly that the the student had said, oh, I want to be referred to this other pronoun. And he used feminine pronouns for this this student. uh, And that got him in hot water. That's one circumstance. And of course, we can discuss the merits of that. But the scariest thing about it was this was very much a circumstance of we're going to punish you for wrong things. The idea was the policy isn't in place yet. This was a discussion about whether or not they should put the policy in. The judge very much made this, this uh, uh, decision based on the fact that the school district acted in a way that was uh, infringing on, on Tanner's religious beliefs, and it wasn't violating a policy. It was sort of a preemptive measure to take that step, to suspend him for speech that they disagreed with. And rightfully, of course, the judge decided that that wasn't a proper protocol. Right. And that's what I want to talk about now, because this was brought up on a, on a temporary restraining order, a hearing for a temporary restraining order here. And Tanner Cross, the gym teacher, he prevailed here, didn't he? I mean, he gets to go back to work now uh, as a result of this hearing on the temporary restraining order. Right. So from from what we've done, the research here is that this is a temporary injunction. So what will end up happening is the case is still ongoing. 
Um, and I can't speak to the likelihood whether or not he will continue to to rack up court wins. But what we can say now is that this current injunction, this idea that, you know, OK, we're going to continue going on with the litigation. But during this process, Tanner is allowed to go back and teach. He's allowed to work at the school. That is a victory. That is something that we can celebrate. And we can, of course, hope that later on in the future he is able to succeed in this court case. Yeah, Doug, in, in my day job as an attorney, I've litigated these temporary injunction hearings before. And in order to prevail at a temporary injunction hearing, you have to persuade the judge that by a preponderance of the evidence that you are the most likely party to prevail at the end of the case in order to win the preliminary injunction. So this finding by the judge finding that Tanner Cross uh, can go back to school, that the school district is enjoined from keeping him on a suspended status, he had to demonstrate to the judge that the, he had the, the greatest likelihood of prevailing at the end of the proceeding. And so to me, this is a big victory. It's obviously not the final victory, but it's an initial victory that hopefully will lead to a final victory, allowing him to express his opinions about a proposed policy. This is the kind of news, though, that you cover frequently at the at the DailySignal.com, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. So one of our big uh, priorities here at the Heritage Foundation and the Daily Signal is the propagation of American values. And one of those most important American values is obviously the values propagated by the First Amendment, so free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. And in Tanner's case, we find that actually this is something that is is kind of dangerously common across the country. I can give you some personal experience from back home in Portland, where I actually was a teacher for a little while. And this kind of stuff was happening at the schools uh, three and four years ago. This is not anything new. It's just that it's become more um, obvious. It's become more apparent in the news cycle. More people are starting to sit up and take notice and look at their child's education and say, hey, that's not what I want my child learning. I want my child learning good American civics. I want my child to be proud of their country and to be proud of themselves, not you know, upset that they use the wrong pronoun or upset because of their race. And this is the sort of things that Tanner Cross was speaking out against and that he was punished for. Yeah, to me, this is just outrageous example of a school district trying to control what faculty members can say with the ultimate goal, at least from my perspective, with the ultimate goal of determining and controlling what people think. And I'm very glad that you guys are covering this. But but here's my question. You know, you mentioned from Portland, and this is something that's been going on for a long time. Uh, there's examples of a, a school in Vermont where a school principal was removed from expressing her opinion of Black Lives Matter on her personal Facebook page. Uh, a coach in Michigan was fired for expressing his support for President Trump. So predominantly... Uh, this is occurring from these uh, academic institutions that are predominantly left of center. And in years past, Doug Blair, uh, it looks like, at least it seems like, as I read history, the left was a champion of free speech. Today, it seems like the left is trying to clamp down on free speech. Uh, why is that happening? And, and do you see this as a trend nationwide? Um. I think you're right exactly that the left used to be the sort of defender of free speech. It was sort of known as this thing. Obviously, your your mind goes to the Berkeley uh, incident yes. all those years ago. But um, I, I mean, I think one of the things that has happened on the left is there's increasing 
um, amount of illiberalism, where you basically are now the philosophy of the left is it must be to protect the oppressed. Now, define the oppressed. I don't know. It sort of changes day by day. Um, sometimes it's uh, minorities. Sometimes it's women. It changes based on the, the, the mood of the left. So I think that's basically where the shift has kind of come from. In terms of nationwide, I do believe that this is something in schools that is becoming nationwide. And I believe it's sort of a cultural aspect as well. But Brad, I will tell you this. I do think that we are starting to see a shift. Like I mentioned before, this is getting more press. This is getting more attention in the news cycle. People are starting to sit up and recognize they don't want their child learning these things. You'll actually see recently there was another public forum where many, many, many students and teachers and parents came up to the Loudoun County School Board and they said, this is wrong. What you did to Tanner was wrong and we're not going to stand for it. One woman from China, she talked about how this was very similar to what she experienced under the communist government. She said that this was something that she didn't want to see happen to her new country. I think that these are things that people, once they sit up and recognize they're happening, they don't like it and they're going to fight back against it. You are so correct. Doug Blair with the Heritage Foundation, frequent writer for the Daily Signal. If folks want to read more about this story and other stories that you cover, how can they find you? So, great question. What they can do is they can go online to www.dailysignal.com. That can read some of the, the op-eds, the commentary, some of our more um, social issues. Or if they'd like to learn some more about the policy issues, they can actually go to our website, www.heritage.org, where we have some issues or we have some answers to some of the biggest policy problems of the day. We have issues on immigration. We have stuff on on healthcare, we have all these issues that we cover, and it's really really great stuff. And I highly highly recommend that your listeners go and check us out. I uh, I hit again. I hit the dailysignal.com every single day. It's worth your time. Doug Blair, thanks for joining us this evening on X. Brad, thanks so much for the opportunity. My pleasure. Hey, when we come back from this break, I want to hear from you. Phone lines are open 314-436-7900. What do you think about this? The the student or the teacher rather was suspended, not for something that he did, not for violating a policy, but for expressing his opinion based upon a policy that was under consideration. And the school district suspended him for the content of his opinion and the expression of his religious beliefs. To me, that's outrageous that that's happening, and yet we're seeing it over and over and over again. What do you think about that? 314-436-7900. Brad Young, at your service. We'll be back right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10-15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Well, we just heard from Doug Blair at the Heritage Foundation. I, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did because it highlights this attack on freedom of thought. I mean, even an expression of an idea, whether it's a, a religious belief or a moral belief or a political belief, just the expression of that now results in people being fired and canceled. And it's outrageous. And we're seeing it literally from coast to coast. Uh, if you've heard me here on Camo X before, you've heard me talk about this Supreme Court case uh, that was argued, uh, oral arguments were in April, and I expect a decision on this case next week. I think it'll happen next week, and it's called Mahanoy Area School District versus BL. And I'm not going to break all of those details down again because it takes a long time, but let me just give you this because I want you to pay close attention to this case. I think it's one of the most significant Supreme Court cases that we will see in a generation. Now, people say that about lots of things at the Supreme Court, particularly the abortion cases. And and while I'm a very uh, adamant pro-life advocate, uh, uh, those fights are going to always continue. There's not going to be anything that's going to settle the issue for once and for all. You're not going to see that. But we could see a landmark decision from the Supreme Court when it comes to our kids, when it comes to schools, and when it comes to social media. And that's not going away anytime soon. In the Mahanoy Area School District versus BL, here's basically the thumbnail sketch of the case. So when you hear this decision next week, you'll be more familiar with it. Here's what happened. Student, female student, she was a sophomore in high school. She was on the junior varsity cheerleading squad. She was trying out for the varsity team. Didn't make it. So over the weekend, on her own phone, on her own time, she sent out a Snapchat to her personal friends. No one affiliated with the school, not her teacher, not the principal, not anyone. Just her friends sent out a Snapchat, which if you know anything about Snapchat, it disappears after a certain period of time. And... She sent out the Snapchat. She didn't use uh, language that you would want your parents to hear you using. She said, uh, you know, F the school, F cheerleading, F everything. Not the best use of the English language, certainly. But she sent it to just a few of her friends. Some one of her friends wasn't apparently as close of a friend as she thought. They took a screenshot of that Snapchat, showed it to the cheerleading sponsor, and then this student was suspended from school. She was uh, uh, kicked off of the team. She wasn't even allowed to be on the team any longer. So her parents filed suit, alleging that how can the school district control the speech of a student on a personal phone, on her personal time, sent to her personal friends? How can the school control that speech? And the district court agreed with the parents and ruled against the school. It went to the 3rd District Court of Appeals. The 3rd District Court of Appeals, which is not known to be, uh, there's not it's not a bench of arch conservatives over there. They ruled in favor of the students, and now it's at the Supreme Court. So I believe you will see a decision on this case next week, which will impact 
how we look at the legal constraints on freedom of speech through social media. And that will impact us for a very, very long time. So I want you to follow that. It should come down uh, again next week from the Supreme Court. We don't know. It's not, you know, it's not like uh, Justice Kavanaugh is texting me to say, hey, Brad, we're going to release that decision next week. So it's not a promise. Promise. Uh, You know, I'm not uh, Snapchat buddies with Sotomayor. So I can't promise it's going to come out next week. But I think that it most likely will. And this is on the back of a, a very similar case. University of Oregon just this past week announced that they were going to expand their monitoring and sanctioning of teachers for their political commentary on social media. So if if the policy or not just for for students, but also or I mean, rather not just for teachers, but for students as well, and the policy actually states Student behavior, including speech, which occurs off campus, uh, in which the university can demonstrate a clear and distinct interest as an academic institution, can result in, and there's a whole list of punishments that they can do, if they find that they don't like what you say or what they don't, if they don't like what you do. And this is at the University of Oregon. Now, I've had people tell me, I've had people come up to me because I'm a a frequent advocate of free speech, because in my mind, free speech is inextricably intertwined with freedom of thought. And so if someone's trying to control the words that you use to control the opinions that you express, at the end of the day, it's an attempt to to control the thoughts that you have and the opinions that you have. And to me, that's frightening. That's why the First Amendment is the First Amendment, not the 30th Amendment, because freedom of speech is paramount uh, to to our democracy and the success of freedom and liberty. And yet we see this across the board attempt to control speech, to control thought and to control our actions. Now, I started to make a point that that public entities are different than private companies. Let me give you an example. If, uh, for example, if I worked for Coca-Cola and I worked for Coca-Cola and I expressed some horrendous opinion uh, that, uh, that, that people would shriek about in horror and run the other way, Coca-Cola could fire me for that. And I really wouldn't have a recourse if I was simply expressing an opinion that had nothing to do with my job, nothing to do with the working conditions where I worked. Just express an opinion that's reprehensible. If I came out and said, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and, uh, and then all of a sudden Coca-Cola fires me. Public companies can do that because public companies are not bound by the First Amendment. But, the, but it's what's the problem is when you look at these schools, whether it's the school district that I talked about with Doug Blair, whether it's this Pennsylvania school district where the student is being punished because of her speech, or whether we're talking about the University of Oregon. These are government-funded arms of the U.S. government, or the state governments. And they are trying to control what you say, what you speak, what you think. That is problematic, more so than a private company. More so than a private company. So when this case comes out next week, the ramifications, I think will be extraordinary because 
if the Supreme Court decides the way I think they're going to decide, which is the school district in the Mahanoy area school district violated that student's right to privacy when it comes to speech and her First Amendment rights by trying to control and punish her, rather, for the content of her speech, then you're going to see that case used as a precedent then for arguing whether it's University of Oregon, whether it's this opinion in the case from Virginia and elsewhere, that the expression of your speech and the content of your speech cannot be the basis for the government taking action against you. I think it will, and I think you're going to see that as a springboard for more decisions standing up for liberty in this country when our liberty is under assault. You know, it's funny. You get memes. I get memes. I get this. We all get these, right? So I had someone send me a meme last time I was on uh, talking about this here on X. Someone sent me a, uh, a meme on my phone, and it was a picture of George Orwell. And the caption under the picture of George Orwell was, see, I told you. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah, that that about sums it up. If you've ever if you ever go back and read 1984, two things will strike you. Two things will strike you if you go back and read George Orwell's 1984. First, when you read that book, I read it again about a year, year and a half ago. The first thing that strikes you is the obvious that it does an excellent job of of forecasting technology and how the government can use technology to control your speech and your thought. But the second thing that will strike you, and I promise you it will be this way, is you're going to say to yourself, you know, when I read this the first time, I didn't remember there being this much sex in the book. I mean, there's a there's a lot of that in that book. And uh, when I read it the first time, I didn't even remember that part. And now rereading it years later, I'm like, yeah, when did they stick that in there? I don't I didn't remember that. So, but the, obviously the important factor is how great it foretells how government wants to control our speech and our thought. Go back and read 1984, and then you will particularly find the meme funny if someone sends it to you. The picture of George Orwell saying, see, I told you. Uh, hey, when we come back from this break, we've got some other tech-savvy uh, stuff in the news. We've also got some news today from uh, GOP Representative uh, Vicki Hartzler. It's going to be running for the Senate and other things in the news, including Ilhan Omar stuck her foot in her mouth one more time, which, again, happens on basically every day that ends with the letter Y. So we're going to break that down as well. Brad Young with you here this evening on X. Don't go away. Earning St. Louis's trust for 96 years. This is KMOX. Brad Young at your service tonight here on KMOX. Thanks for staying up late with us. Always, always appreciate uh, uh, listeners. Always appreciate callers. Always appreciate those who are texting. If you want to call or text, uh, the number is the same. 314 314- Four three six seventy nine hundred. 736 Before the break, I was talking about uh, technology and how uh, how governments are really, truly trying to use technology to to control our speech, control ultimately to control our how we think and and uh, our opinions. And I certainly think that's wrong. But one of the things that that I think has always been funny is is that uh, old folks are just no good with technology. They're just not. And Mike Mike Anderson just laughed at me because I think he looks at me and thinks I'm an old guy. And uh, <laughs> but uh, 
But all, you know, old folks just aren't very good at it. But what's funny is I saw a, a survey today that that was a survey of two thousand people over the age of sixty five, and I thought it was funny that it, apparently apparently uh, seniors are now mastering the art of the text because according to this poll, one in three, thirty three percent now prefer texting to phone calls. Thirty three percent. Now I don't know if they're using that phone, phone, you know, like the jitterbug. You remember? Have you ever seen those ads where they 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 play the jitterbug? And what I think is funny is they've got these self. I haven't seen these ads in a while, but the, it was a cell phone. It was like a razor phone that folded, but the buttons were like the size of silver dollars. <laughs> I mean, they were gigantic numbers. I'm like, you know what? You could have you could have really bad macular degeneration. You could still spot that from an airplane, you know, the numbers on that phone. I mean, they were just huge, huge numbers. But uh, one in three prefer now to send texts rather than cell phones. Now, this is the other thing that I think is funny, uh, is that apparently now uh, uh, people over the age of 65 not only love texting, but they also like sending emojis. And so some of the favorite emojis from from this survey uh, it would be the, the the two of them you would certainly name, uh, including hearts. Of course, Grandma's going to want to send the heart emoji, say I love you, and a happy face to say I'm happy to talk to you. Uh, but the third most popular emoji was the beer mug, which I, which I thought was funny. You know, Gramps is sending you uh, sending his grandkids uh, emojis of beer mugs. I. Just thought that was kind of funny, uh, but it's also the, how interesting that that they've finally adopted it because if, when Facebook first came out, Facebook was extremely popular among people my age when I was in my twenties. It just it was brand new, came out, young people liked it. It was a big deal. But once uh, older folks started using Facebook, kids would run from it as fast as they possibly could. I mean, my my kids still use Facebook. They think Facebook is for grandparents and parents, and they they want to have nothing to do with Facebook now. So I think that's interesting that now uh, now seniors are getting into texting, sending out emojis. Seventeen percent said that their children or grandchildren introduced them to Netflix during the COVID lockdown. Seventeen percent. So. Uh, so older folks are getting in with the uh, <laughs> with the technology, and my question is, if old folks start adopting, let's say TikTok, all right, if you want to drive teenagers off of TikTok instantly, the way you do it is make it popular with the 65 and up crowd, because I'm telling you, if old folks start using TikTok. Teenagers will run from it as fast as possible. So, you know, you can imagine some guy in his 80s, he's going to send out pictures of him dancing with his walker, you know, and swinging his cane around and put that on TikTok. Man, teenagers will fly out of that. They won't be using it at all, I promise you. Brad Young here at your service tonight. We're coming up here on a hard break. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.